Hello and welcome everyone to episode 22 of the Dirty Side of the Good podcast, where we've turned up late to qualify, but since we're American celebrities, we have been moved to the front of the good. I am Yusuf and this is my co-host Muhammad. It's weird kind of pointing when you're online. Um, and yes. we're going to be reviewing the first American GP of the year, which is the Miami GP, the first GP in Miami, the 77th, I want to say. A place where we've had a Grand Prix and thoughts, kind of overall thoughts on the race, like summary kind of types of thoughts. I'd say it was, they just about scraped it. Like with all of the hype, all of the attention, all of the things they were doing, the amount of excitement they were trying to build up to, it was only ever going to lead to disappointment. And they are very lucky they got away with it at the end. Because I feel I like we're not fans then. I was very against Miami at the beginning, but having watched kind of the whole weekend, it it does kind of seem like a very Formula One-esque kind of uh, city. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I sort of so, see that, yeah. In terms of like, you've got all the glamour, the celebrities, the attention from like, it kind of fits the bill, I think. In terms of a racetrack, I thought the race was very boring. Uh, just overall, not even in terms of just the front, in terms of the midfield, the back, it was just overall very boring. Yeah. Uh, the track isn't like, I'd say they did a good job for the fact that it's a car park, yeah? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Track isn't, the track isn't a good track, like the layout isn't very good. Like, yeah, following is a bit easier now, but that's mainly down to the new cars. But the track just does not aid at all in like, like we barely saw any overtake. Yeah, there was there was not a lot happening. The anyway. only thing I saw that made it inter- like a little bit interesting was you know the tires were very hot, and so it took a long time to take them off and put them back on. So everyone's pit stops were kind of very very uh, varied. You got like a lot of them were like quite long, which made for kind of interesting strategies or ruined some people's races like Lando. Yeah. It was nice to see like I don't know if someone has a slow stop and they get caught up in like four cars already yeah, fighting. But, you know you're talking about drs train we literally were in like because the new cars are so good at following yeah literally it's just like they're following the whole time like so close yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gone from having cars that couldn't overtake so the gap stays at three seconds to the cars can follow so the gap stays at half a second which yeah. is slightly more interesting but nothing happens so interesting anyway so we'll get on to the the first thing i guess which is your thing of the week if you have one if you've got like a i have i have um uh, a few actually i kept uh sending them to you so i i don't forget um which one was it oh yeah uh helmet marco coming out and saying that the only guy who's talented to be like enough to be put in the same bracket as max are two guys basically uh, and he said basically he was talking about Charles and Max right now, and that is Lando Norris. So like kind of thoughts on that, because I know it's a very kind of, you know, people are very iffy about it. But like, would you put Lando in the same bracket as these two guys? I will first of all, I'll let slide the fact you've uh, made your thing of the week a helmet Marco quote, because uh, like the moment you said his name, I very interesting. Already hated you for that, but it's. Okay, no, there's a talking point there, and I'd say, um, I don't know. He had a very good last season. I feel like people... But, but is he like, as good as Max? There's the problem. I feel like people either don't mention it enough, and then they kind of just bypass the fact that he's there, or they use it to say, like, oh, yeah, future world champion, guaranteed. Like, he's... I wouldn't say he's as good as them, though. Purely, actually, here's the thing. I would have said that beforehand, but seeing uh, Carlos Sainz now with a string of bad luck, clearly, like, you know, we, we knew he'd get outpaced by Leclerc, but not by this much. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to, like, I'm still holding out for Carlos. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, fall really far behind or, like, completely bottle this season or whatever or get replaced or whatever. I know he's signed a contract extension. But I just wouldn't put Lando in that bracket until he's actually like he hasn't even won a race yet. Like maybe talent-wise, sure, but you need more than talent to be good in Formula One. And 
I don't. He hasn't proven to me that he has that stuff. Like, I feel like that's the one reason I wouldn't put him in the same bracket is because he hasn't proven it yet. Like I say that Lewis and Max are the best Formula One has to offer now. Um, or maybe last season because you know Lewis is terrible this season. But but in terms of like people who've gone to prove themselves, I think they're the best here. I think that yeah. people talk about Charles being like, ah, oh, he's on the same level. But I don't think he's done enough to justify putting him alongside even someone who's won just one championship. He's won one, he's won seven, he's barely won a few races. So for yeah. Lando, I feel like if if I'm using that kind of, you know, like level of kind of like scrutiny for, for Charles, you have to use it for Lando. And if that's the case, then Lando might, might be like in terms of talent, yeah. You say you say the same about Georgia, but they haven't gone on to like I say George maybe has a bit more of a claim, like getting P two in a Williams. Uh, it was it was a qualifying session, but yeah, yeah, yeah but like but like P two. I mean, even in qualifying, getting P two yeah. in a Williams, which is arguably the second worst car in the grid, and not even by a close margin. Like this year, is quite close. Last year, it was nowhere yeah. close to close. Like. This 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 year, I feel like next week we don't know who's gonna be where. Like we know Ferrari and Red Bull are at the front. Everyone else is kind of a mixed bag. You don't know what's happening, which is interesting. But um, it's also hard to kind of quantify how good and bad someone's doing because yeah. you only have their teammate as as kind of comparison. Whereas the years before, you knew kind of okay, Williams was like so far behind. They're not even gonna get points. You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone yeah. has scored points so far this year. So before before we go on, do you wanna just talk about uh, Alex Albon's red hair? Yeah. <laughs> so what about it? He he scored points. He dyed his hair, scored points. Didn't dye his hair, didn't score points. Dyed his hair again, scored another points again. Can we just talk about how he's actually doing a very good job? I think people were all saying that. Does he deserve to come back into F1 and all of that stuff? And I think he's put on a few very good kind of recovery drives. So he went P, is it P20, P10, P18, P11, P, I think it's 18 or 20 yes. again. What, qualifying or race finishes? No, race finishes. And he scored P9 again. Yeah, that was after, the, we'll, we'll get into that. With the, uh, I'm sure he'll be your shout for either driver. The no, 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 not my driver of the day. But I just wanted Break to say, like, he is he is performing very well. I think, especially when you compare him to his teammate, he's miles ahead. Like, it's not even close. I think Williams will be the worst team of the year, but like, won't be as bad as it used to be. Essentially, yeah. Well, before we get too much into the race, we're gonna go into my news round because. There was a lot of news, like there was a lot of actually, but you know, I'm going to get, hold on. I've got an idea, right? This could either like work really well or I might just, this might flop, but I don't care. So I'm, I'm going to go full on like news reporter, right? See, look, I've got, I've got a glass and everything and my little sheet of paper. I don't know if you can hear that. It's still so, anything. Listen, I'm an absolute, I'm a quality reporter, bro. I'm coming for Ted Kravitz's job. The number of tweets I've made in the last week about Ted Kravitz. Okay, so it has like two followers. <laughs> I don't even care. Bro. Do you know what it is? In like five years, I will go back and look at those tweets and say, "Look at this! I have a video." Uh, why, did I, why did I tweet that? I wish I had. <laughs> it could be that also. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. So, the first bit of news is the drivers were all over the press everywhere. Normally, it's just Lewis who goes out and, you know, does a little talk show interview or something. But we had Lewis and Daniel on Good Morning America and uh, Trevor Noah's talk show. We had uh, baseball visits in stadiums for Max and Charles. Uh, Gasly actually well. like Jordan. Sorry? Sergio as well. Went Sergio went to baseball. Oh, I didn't even, I missed that. He's literally right next to Max Verstappen. Oh, <laughs> I only saw Max at the pictures. Uh, Michael Jordan was about, uh, Gasly met him initially, but he was actually at the track. So there was a picture of him with Lewis later. And uh, George Russell was courtside watching an NBA match. 
Uh, there were loads of memes because somewhere people weren't. Lewis Hamilton was missed at the Met Gala, even though everyone is expecting him to be there. So there were some great uh, memes from drivers not appearing there. It's worth just looking at the hashtag and looking at the pictures people made. Uh, once again, the jewellery ban came up. Lewis was told to take all of his jewellery out. In protest, Sebastian Vettel was seen running around in his underwear. Some great pictures of that as well were about. Um, however, actually, on the other hand, after the drivers, uh, two drivers, Science and Ocon, crashed at a certain corner, one of them experienced, Ocon experienced 51G. And we'll get into this later, but the FIA actually didn't implement any proper like soft barriers. It was just a straight concrete wall. So even after the drivers complained, they didn't introduce it, which is weird. Uh, memes about the painted car park and the fake marina because there was no water on, under yeah, those. So you couldn't tell. <laughs> so Drive to Survive was announced for two more years, so they're going to keep doing that. Uh, and the last one is Vettel, Sebastian Vettel, will be on Question Time on Thursday, which is a BBC TV show, and he'll be in East London filming there. So if you oh, have you to like Lewis with all his watches and jewelry. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's a thumbnail to one of the videos. That's it. I'm gonna pack this stuff now. I'm taking a glass. Sure, I don't I don't you also forgot about one picture where it's like supposed to be another you know, goats basically. So it's Lewis. Oh, that is a sick picture. Yeah. Brady, Michael Jordan, and why is David Beckham? Like, this is the one thing I didn't get. What is he doing there? Like, <laughs> see, each one has a claim to being like one of the best of their sport, yeah. Right. What the hell is David Beckham doing there? <laughs> He's not even top one hundred, man. What is he doing there, man? Like, I, I just don't get why, why he's there. Like, like. Do you think they should have kicked him out the picture? Yeah, like it ruined the picture, man. <laughs> like, literally, just ruined the picture. Like, in like, his uh, defense, in his defense, Tom Brady can't be classed as a world champion. Like, he's a he's he could be the greatest of all time in American football, but there's no way he's a world champion in a sport that's played in one country. Yeah, but still, he is the best at his sport. Yeah, yeah, if you want to legend. call it a picture, then yeah, yeah. All of them three can be like the legends. And then David Beckham. <laughs> like, like, why is he there? Like, honestly, think about it. Why is he there? I mean, like, he wasn't a bad football player, to be fair to him. Yeah, but he's not like the legend, is he? <laughs> like, see, if Messi's there, Ronaldo's there, I don't know, like, anyone else is there. You're like, ah, oh, fair enough. Great picture. But I feel like we need to Photoshop him, like, crop him out. <laughs> Do you know what? It, I bet there were some other basketball players in the background as well. Do you reckon there were other people behind the cameraman? Just like, oh, yeah, can I get in? They were just like, nah, no, I don't know who you are. Like, Martin Brundle was like, listen, I don't know. I what not, I'm very happy Martin is back because last week it was very bad without Martin. We'll, we'll start with that then. So, like, what do you think of all the celebrities, you know, on the grid getting tickets, VIP passes? See, this is this is what I was saying. It's a very kind of Formula One kind of thing. It reminds me of Monaco a lot, like a, a boring race, but great kind of spectacle before the race. I mean, are you a lot of people like whenever uh, ESPN or Sky Sports they post a picture of a celebrity at a race, they get a lot of hate. Like, do you do you think those tickets should be going to fans, or do you think that it's important to have celebrities at the tracks? I think I don't really mind either way to be honest. I think like. I think having celebrities and stuff adds to kind of the, I'll just like it, it makes it interesting or makes people more kind of like because if you see like your favorite celebrity going, you're more likely to watch F1 and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the main reason I think they do it. So I don't mind. It's kind of like a marketing thing. So that's fine. Yes. I don't. I don't. See, I, I do. I don't like when it's like all the focus of the weekend. Or like when they, you know, when they're going on the grid walks and all he's doing is like, yeah, hey, 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 hey. Well, like, <laughs> the other stuff, man. Talk to the drivers. We don't. That's care. right. Yeah, that's the one thing that annoys me. Like, I don't care if you want to have celebrities on a grid walk. Like, first of all, the bodyguard thing is annoying. They shouldn't have bodyguards. Yeah, like, literally, right. it's so restricted. And then the second thing is, where are the drivers? Like, this, the grid walk used to be a thing where he'd see like one or two celebrities and then mainly chat to the drivers. Like, he'll catch a driver, you know, just before he's while he's talking to his race engineer or something, and then he'll catch a driver like on his way back or forwards 
between his car and the toilet probably like they'll run between the garage and their car and he'll catch them on the way and then give them like a quick question or something and now it's so busy like he can't even talk to any of the drivers so all he's doing is just talking to these people that no one cares about and even when they do talk here's the problem the celebrities either they don't want to talk to him so not only do they blank him but they don't say a word which i find kind of rude obviously they don't have to talk to him but they don't say a word they just turn their back on him which is really annoying to watch or they'll go the other way and they'll just chat so much like they'll actually talk to like pharrell would be asked a question and then he wouldn't answer it and just go i'm here with my brother richard mill and it's like well yeah we see him mate like cool like you didn't have to say it so many times and then like dj khaled comes in fair oh. enough it's got the energy you give <laughs> it was funny it was 20 minutes later you know <laughs> <laughs> that's what i mean like this guy has strict time limits to follow you know he's he's cut off by the start of the race he's cut off by the uh what's it called the national anthem like he has he needs to be ducking around going the length of the grid to find people and we've got these men just chatting into the microphone for ages i like, think he even he even cut into the national anthem a bit this time yeah yeah i think so like it was as if david beckham was speaking and he had to cut into the national anthem a bit ah uh, it, it's painful man like I like Martin and he actually tweeted, he said he doesn't actually like doing it, which is really interesting because here's the thing. Do you think they should replace him then? Because if he doesn't like doing it and he doesn't recognize half the celebrities on the grid, then do you think they should replace him with like a, you know, younger, more celebrity wise person? I don't think people have the kind of attitude to get through like he does. I'm sure you could find someone. Like, I'm sure you could find someone who would happily just push past anyone and shove a microphone in their face. Maybe not with the uh, the way he does it is still very respectful, even though he's doing all that stuff. But I don't know. Like, I feel like they could definitely find someone. It's just, do you but think it like should be an extra every level? Every time should be upset that they changed Martin for someone new. True. Yeah, I feel like... No, but here's the th- it wouldn't be like a an attention thing, though, I guess. Because a lot of people, like, love the grid walk. But... I don't know. It's it's almost like it could be if he doesn't like doing it. Maybe it would be improved if it was like, if you imagine someone who those celebrities knew. So like, if you see yeah, but then it'll be a focus okay. more on celebrities and less on people who actually understand the cars because whoever comes in won't actually know much about the cars, whereas Martin does. True, but for the grid walk, do you need to know? Unless, like, unless you imagine, the rock, right? imagine it's the rock. Imagine it's literally the rock. This just came out of my head. If you see the rock walking around the grid with a microphone, surely people are going to walk up to him and then. Yeah, but he knows nothing about the cars, bro. Like people will be chatting to him about the car, be like, "Ah, very interesting, right?" <laughs> and just leave. So it would turn into like I think it would ruin the whole point of chatting about the cars and chatting to the drivers and stuff because he doesn't know. He's like, "So how are you? It's a bit hot today, no?" Right. <laughs> So how's that going to affect the car? He doesn't know. That, you know. I had enough of that. You're completely right because I saw this on Sky. I can't remember who it was or who they were getting, but I just remember seeing a lot of interviews where it was just like, oh, yeah, hot today, wasn't it? How was the drive? How did you manage the tyres? Like, the, it just, there weren't questions. Like, it was just really awkward. Like, it felt really stiff at times, which was annoying. I don't even know. But... On the topic of F1 bottling stuff, the TV direction, absolutely horrendous. Like, the number of times they'd cut from a thing. I don't even want to get into the rant too much right now. Like, you know, we'll save it, we'll save it for the end. I don't want to keep this section too long. Best performance of the race. I haven't done 60 seconds somewhere yet. Oh my god, yeah. How did I forget that? Right. Please don't time this. I actually forgot about the 60 seconds summary. This is why I feel so off, right? But for context, the race, I think I stopped watching the coverage at midnight. It's now 10.30 a.m. and we've been in this call since like half past nine. Um, okay, 60 second summary of the weekend. Okay, ready, uh, ready set, go. Uh, practice, boring, a lot of people crashing out, nothing really much happening. Qualifying, Ocon didn't go. Uh, Mercedes is very slow. Bot has out-qualified both Mercedes, which is jokes. Uh, Ferrari on pole. The race started. Um, Ferrari went for a, a different setup to Red Bull. Red Bull had much better pace. The um, 
the I think Ferrari went for the high downforce stuff didn't work out. Uh, the race was boring until Lando Norris safety car. Gasly didn't see him. Questioned to him. Questioned to him. Um, Russell had a great race. Albon had a great race. Uh, Max overtook Charles and then basically kept the lead and passed the whole race. Basically. Oh, a lot of celebrities. Uh, yeah, but there's not much to say. Daniel Ricciardo, shocking, bro. That's that's what I have to say. Yeah. 56. It was a bit short, but that was very close. That's actually very close to me, fair. And yeah, there was I can on the time, yeah? I can see the time at the bottom of my laptop. That's why. You're such a That's what I'm going to do from now on. No, no, it's not allowed. You have to cover it up. No. I will, I will steal your laptop and put a post in it over the time so you can't tell. But then I can just remove the post. What, what type of project is that? Like? No, you can't. I will super glue the post to your screen. And I'll punch you. <laughs> Worth it. See, look at the sacrifices I'll make for this podcast. It's all to meet Ted Kravitz. So, race, best performance. Who would you say? I mean, there's I'd a couple. There are a few for like, best performance. Yeah. I put George. I put George and Albon on the top, to be honest. Interesting. Why? Uh, we'll start with George. Why George? He went from P12 to P5. Great drive. I think uh, the strategy and him calling and being like, let's stay out for a VSC safety car and then actually getting it and being able to. He overtook Lewis and he was comfortably in like P5. So I'd say <clears throat> that one. But Albon, I think he went from, was it P19, P18? I think P19. he started 18, yeah. So that's I think that's a very impressive drive. I think he's people yeah. won't realize because he's kind of he's a very quiet driver. Like people don't kind of realize it's kind of like Carlos before he went to Ferrari. People didn't realize he was there. Just getting good results. People didn't yeah. know that getting good results. I think it's a similar thing. And like I think for all the pressure that's been on him for you know coming back into F1, getting the we talked about this at the beginning, getting you know like the opportunity again to come back into Formula One and all of that and him kind of going with it and doing a good job like that. It is good to see. Like, um, yeah, it is so nice. It's like them. them. I think also uh, on the topic of the red hair that you brought up before. Uh, so you said he's he's superstitious, you know, he, he dyed his hair slightly red, got points. Now he's is uh, his, his hair grew out, so there was no dye in it, didn't get points. And now he's fully gone for it, dyed his hair. And the whole he's, team apparently said that if he scored points today, they'll all go dye their hair red. That's the yeah. And then in Ted's notebook, actually, I'm pretty sure they shook hands on a Ted dyeing his hair red as well. I think if he gets points in the next race or something like that. So we could see a lot of people with red hair in the Williams garage very soon. Um, you said George, yeah. I'd say... Interesting paddock. He did say as well when he took his balaclava off under the helmet that it was completely like red because all of the dye had leaked onto his white balaclava. So he said yeah. it looked really bad. Um, I'd say for best performance, you've got to put Max in there. To be fair, like he he did a good job. Overtook. Yeah, but see, this is he like, he, he just kind of overtook and then he just kind of. I feel like he, he he wasn't even close. He had like outright performance out. Like, I would, yeah, he definitely had outright performance, but even there was a bit of pressure on him after the uh, the safety car and all that. Like, it wasn't like he's, he's done all right. <laughs> I'm saying he was getting close, but it wasn't there. close enough for an overtake at any point. See, this is one thing actually I wanted to. You know how uh, in the past few races where you had there was basically a compromise between going for a high downforce setup versus a low downforce setup. Yeah. Red Bull always got this right, and they always had outright performance compared to, like, they always went for a low downforce compared to high downforce for Ferrari. They were like, ah, we'll beat them at the corners, like in Saudi, we'll, we'll be able to do it. And then they lost. <laughs> so my question is actually, and this is very interesting, is Charles has a good car. Charles has the potential to win the championship. He is a good driver. But will Ferrari screw it up then? Oh, we're doing this already. Okay. Because I feel like they like Max has 
with if Max didn't DNF in two races, other than those two DNFs, he's won everything a single race where he's actually finished. And in those two DNFs, he would have finished what second and both, right? Yeah, I think. Oh. That's tough. Yeah, no, he would have a commanding lead. I'd say. I'm not sure it's too early to tell. I feel like, first of all, history wise, Ferrari are prone to bottling the strategy late with calls, not doing anything. A lot of people actually criticized them for not pitting anyone. Under the safety car, they said they should have at least tried it with one of their cars to try and pit them quickly in the VSC. So I'm not sure. I think I think it will come down to him. I feel like it will more come down to him. If the car performance is there, I think they'll be competent enough to not fully screw up with the strategy or anything. Yeah, but then they gave up two races. Those are two races where they went for the wrong setup in terms of high versus low downforce. Setup wise, I think you can you can get that. Like, I feel like they're, they're not going to keep making the same mistake, I think. Obviously, they've, they've they bought... made it two races in a row. It might be something related to their car not working at low downforce as good as the Red Bull. But you went for the a high downforce versus their low downforce. Lost the race at the very end because their outright performance was just so... Red Bull was 10 kilometers uh, quicker on the straight than the Ferrari per lap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... DRS. That's, that's DRS. That's like 28 kilometers an hour, I think. That's just like... Yeah. That's insane. Obviously, it's gonna overtake you. See, it's not. It's not like it's not so uh, like so high downforce that you're gonna be able to kind of gain so much time that you'll be able to kind of keep ahead. So yeah. I, I don't get. I don't get their logic to be honest. I feel well. We'll see because the the biggest problem for them now is going into Spain is the next race, and that's high downforce. But not only is it high downforce, it's a very high tire dig. And they're awful with their, their tyre degradation. Like, Ferrari will go through its tyres much faster than the Red Bull. Which means, like, could they stop three times? Like, especially with the aid of a safety car, they might end up, like, three stop. Because surely it would be a... It's, like, borderline between one and two stop anyway. But I don't know if they'd actually survive that. I think it will definitely be two for them. Interesting. Interesting thoughts. Science is kind uh, of a no-show. Like, can we talk about how easy Verstappen overtook him? Well, I mean, we can get on to... Wait, if I've got... No, nah, I don't really have any other shouts for best, to be fair. I mean, Bottas deserves a mention. Yeah, but I feel like he, he doesn't get it purely because of that last mistake where he gave... Oh, I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was... I mean, I wanted him to get overtaken, but, like, that was painful to watch. He's lucky he didn't break his front wing there. But yeah. for worst performance, what do you reckon? Do you reckon that mistake from Carlos was enough to uh, to put him in the contention for that? Worst performance. Um, no, I don't think he's done enough to get worst performance. Do you? you know who's surprising? I only just realized, but Gasly's been having a terrible season so far. By his standards. Yeah, yeah, he always ends but up I in think... some sort of thing. Something always happens to him. I feel like it's more that the Alpha Tari doesn't have the performance to kind of Alpha Tari was always kind of a solid midfield team where they were competing for kind of the top of the midfield. But now they're just so far behind like they're literally in the middle of it. Yeah. It's kind of like mm. the problem for them is as well, I feel like they had one race, I think. Let's see if I can find it. Where they both finished quite high up. But then other than that. Their car just hasn't been like, you know, everyone else has had like, oh, we're really good at this track, but we're really bad at this track. And then they'll jump up and down. But I feel like they've just been pretty bad at all of them. So they haven't had any like, you know, high points finishes yet. I think there's, I'm trying to find where it stood out. I feel like there was one, but I can't there see was it. one where they did well, yeah. I think it was the last Australia, maybe. Uh, it might have been. But science, yeah, the is, science got a lot of credit for uh, defending right at the end from Perez. But Perez had um, he was yeah, he lost 20, 26.2 uh, kph. No, not kph. Break horsepower. Uh, uh, horsepower. Yeah. So and they uh, Horner said that was like half a second per lap. 
So he didn't really defend from much. I heard that he, um, someone said, I think it's a bit of like. That's what Horner said. I don't know. Maybe he was exaggerating. Maybe it was like four temps, but he said it was a half a second a lap. I think Carlos didn't have his drink the entire race, though, which sounds horrific because all the drivers were complaining about how uh, physical this race was and how hot it was and how difficult it is. So to do that without his drink is solid, but even right at the start, there's not much more he could have done, to be honest. Like, there was criticism for, like, letting Max through, but, like... There's I don't think he fully let through like Bottas does, but at the same yeah. time, yeah, I feel like... like just it's so easy for Max to go through. Like when Carlos was ahead of him, easy. Like he's getting through very quickly. It yeah. wasn't even a challenge. He just kind of went like bye, and he it wasn't there wasn't a doubt that he's gonna stop. It was just like he's gonna go through. True, yeah. You, th- I mean, he was on the dirty side of the grid. You, but you would think like surely you're just going straight over to the. <laughs> surely you'd go straight over to the clean side like instantly. Like, the moment you start the race, surely you're just going to go straight in front of him to at least try and get on the clean bit for the braking for turn one. So, yeah, I don't, I don't like think he's worse kind of performance. Who would get a worse performance than? Um, good performance, I'd say the Aston Martin did two good jobs. I'd say maybe Mick is in there for ruining his first chance at a, a oh, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a big shot, yeah. He was uh, right nine and then ran into the left. there, probably. Daniel as well. Yeah, Daniel was nowhere. Like, McLaren generally had no pace, but... See, that's why I put... I think I put Mick ahead of him, because they had, like, decent enough pace. He was in a good position, and he just ruined it. And with who? With his father, man. <laughs> you never question to your dad, yeah? <laughs> that's some great advice. You see, that that's going to become, like, the new Senecourt. You know, and like, oh, if, if if you don't go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. You never crash into your dad. <laughs> it's rule one of F1. But I would say, yeah, when you're running in P9, about to score your first ever points in F1, and you just completely bottle it by going for a move that, like, you might, you could argue it was there, but, like, was it really worth it? Like, just, just take the points. Like, there was really no yeah, point. That's the thing. That's, he reminds me a bit of George when he's getting frustrated for not, Scoring points, but Giorgio is in a terrible car, so he's kind of excused for that. He's in a yeah. good car that's capable of scoring points, and he scored nothing. So I think he's getting anxious, and he he kind of feels like I need to score points. Like I really need to score points. So you think the pressure of uh, Magnuson performing well is getting to him? Yeah, I feel like the car is very good, and he's performing. He hasn't scored any points yet. His best is P eleven. And he's been performing very inconsistently. So I think the pressure is kind of starting to mount up on him. Even if maybe he's not fully like, like you can see in the way he's driving. That's tough. Imagine, to be fair, I wouldn't like, going from the kid who everyone's expecting to be a Ferrari maybe next year to now. Yeah, because like, I think the argument soon, if he doesn't, if he continues a run of bad performances, whether it's whether luck's involved or not, if he ends up not scoring points for a long time, there's going to be arguments as to why he's in that seat. I feel like that will start. That will start maybe like mid-season. If he doesn't score points by mid-season, he needs to leave. I feel especially because it's probably not as fair because he's. This is basically his first season. Like, he's got experience from last season, but he's in a good car now. He has a good teammate who's performing, like, very, very well. I feel like that also puts a bit, like, like, all his performances look very bad in comparison. Like, it might not look bad if it's on its own, but when you put it in comparison to Magnuson, it just looks like, where the hell is he? Like, because they were on tracks where they were outright, like, probably, like, the third or the fourth best car yet. In some cases, they were the third best car. And he was yeah. stuck in like P11, P14. Like, like, how are you stuck there? Like, Kevin has 15 points. He is ahead of Daniel Ricciardo. Both yeah, Alpha Daniel, Daniel's been nowhere this season. So. Daniel, you know, the funny thing is, my friend was kept saying like, ah, oh, 
Daniel's going to finish in the top three in the championship this year. He's going to compete for it. This, this, this. The guy, the guy is nowhere, man. Uh, it's too funny, though. I, I like Daniel. It's I think everyone stuff. likes Daniel, but of course, yeah. But like, I like Moji. <laughs> yeah, on track, he's he's a bit of a ghost. Um, so we've done worse. Would you say there's an underrated performance, like a drive that hasn't really been mentioned much? I mean, we said Ocon could potentially. Oh, not Ocon. Sorry. Uh, what's I feel his like name? Albon. Albon has a shot. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Ocon, well, I said Ocon by mistake, but to be fair, he Stroll went... As well. I feel like Stroll was very quiet, but he went from a pit lane start to... Uh, yeah, I saw this tweet, they said, yeah, because he got into Q3, like, imagine he actually started P10. Like, mm-hmm. he could have actually got, I mean, I don't know if his car had the pace for it, but, like, could have got a decent position. But to recover back to P10 is solid from him. Yeah. Um, Where did Ocon start? I think Ocon started, like, 19. If not for the hit from Mick, he would have done a good job. I feel like Aston Martin have done a good recovery of a weekend where they've had to start from the pit lane to score points uh, is a good kind of goodness. And yeah, then I think they've, were, they've had good pace. They weren't like the slowest team in the midfield. But yeah. you see, this is one interesting this uh, thing this season. We mentioned it, but, but it's, you don't know where everyone kind of lies. It depends. It's very track dependent. You go to one, uh, like Lando commented on this so post-race. He's like, it's a good wake-up call. We thought, you know, like, ah, we're really getting into our stride going up. And then they're like, yo, where are we? Like, I think he started the race off very well. His pit stop kind of screwed him because he was stuck in, um, in, in like, the DRS track. But see, yeah. this is the issue with this track is, I feel like this is the biggest issue is, once you get stuck in that DRS train, you're really not getting out of it. Even if you have better performance, you're not getting out. You're stuck. Yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be a theme of this year, actually. Just getting DRS. Oh, look, the cars can follow. Look, you're right behind the driver in front. This is going to be great. But because everyone can follow so well, everyone gets DRS. And then there's basically no DRS. Like, it doesn't exist. If four cars in a row have DRS... Well, this is the first time we've actually seen like a DRS train, whereas last year we saw them quite frequently. So I wouldn't no, we saw say one in the last race. We saw one in Imola. It wasn't. It wasn't this bad, no. It wasn't this long, but there was Lewis Gasly and. But see, that's the thing. These these two, tracks, these two tracks were the only tracks where we've actually had DRS trains all year. I feel like there might have been other ones, but they wouldn't have been mentioned in the other. Tracks. No, no, no. It's not it's been rough. like it's been like at the front where they've been competing using DRS and like being smart. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah but, but they haven't they haven't been like full DRS train. Whereas last year, every like every race, pretty much, you had like a DRS train at one point. So I, know, I think it's I'm seeing it. I, think, it. I feel like it's more about the race tracks need to be adjusted to the cars now, because the race tracks weren't designed specifically for cars racing like this. So it might be, that might be a thing. But we, we spoke a bit about safety and about the FIA not changing the barriers. Uh, Science yeah. complained about stiffness in his neck after the um, hit in that. I don't remember which corner it is, but the same one Ocon had the 51G shot and the FIA did nothing. And and see, that's that's one thing where you're like, but your job is to ensure they're safe. And you're just like, no, 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 we're not going to change it. Like, how do you do that? And yeah. someone was like, hopefully they change it for next year. But they have to change it for this year. Yeah, exactly. Can't for next year. Just put, like, I'm not saying you have to change everything. But you need to put stuff. Everyone was also complaining about that tight corner. Um, Sebastian complained about it with Martin. And then he went wide at it. I don't remember numbers. I'm not going to lie. I don't know corner numbers either. You mean, the t- is it the, the really tight one, the left, right, yeah. where the, the red bull stick left, right, yeah. But see, like, I feel like the track wasn't designed very well. Like, I'm not going to... Overall, I think, like, the track wasn't designed well. And I feel like it was a boring race. And there wasn't much to see. And, like, you basically... At the front, Max was so far ahead of everyone because he just chose a much better uh, um, setup in terms of, like, low downforce. Charles performed okay for his car, performed quite well. Put on the pressure at the end, but then Max just had much better performance. 
Uh, signs, I feel like we're starting to see him drop off a bit from Charles. You're seeing that gap that was between Lewis and Valtteri all the time. And then Perez did a good job for the fact that he lost basically like 26 horsepower. Um, True. But yeah, you can those, see the difference between Charles really and well. like the, those two guys, Signs and Perez. There is a big gap between them two in the front row. I feel like it's a Max, Max Lewis type thing, but Max uh, Charles now. And then after that, who was after that? Bottas kind of had a bit of a wee trip, which kind of ruined his race, I feel, like, a bit. Um, George had a very good race, very good call on the safety car and all of that. Surprisingly, the very lucky. I mean, car. I'd feel it luck personally. Now, I feel like it's just like, at that point, he extended his, like, first of all, he got his hearts to work very well. Like, you have to agree on that. Well, yeah, no, yeah, I'm not taking and away from he extended his he extended his thing so far that he was like, might as well wait as much as possible. If he if it didn't if it didn't work out, he had enough time to come up uh, come out ahead of Ocon. So he'd have just come out with fresh tires behind Lewis. So worst case scenario, he would have finished still P7, which is a good job, like not a bad job. Yeah. Um, and on fresh tires, probably would have overtaken Lewis, so he would have finished P6. I don't know what the gap was, but I think he would have had to make up a whole pit stop, which is, it's a bit of an ask. But either way. He's on fresher tires, so many is in it. Lewis had kind of a quiet race, uh, got here at the beginning, kept kind of solid, didn't really do much. You wouldn't, you couldn't tell he's a seven-time world champion. Uh, Valtteri, sad uh, race. Unneeded. But... Just seeing him while you're sitting there is actually a lot funny, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Valtteri had a good race, except for that one thing. He held up everyone at the beginning, was able to defend quite well. Uh, then that last bit, I feel like it, it, it ruined his race in the sense that he could have gotten P5. Yeah, I mean, do you think he could have held them both up? Because yes. Lewis was on old hards. He was closing him down slowly, but like, we don't know if anything was actually going to happen. But Russell was there in his, on his mediums. I feel like Russell might have overtaken him, Lewis now. Yeah, potentially, yeah. P8, uh, who do you have P8? Ocon. Yeah, from last. He started last because he didn't take part in qualifying. Yeah, I, I feel like that's very, you have to say that's very impressive. Yeah, I don't he's like Ocon, benefited from the... Uh, you don't him. like Ocon? Why? I, don't like Ocon. I never liked Ocon. Interesting. Why? What's he done? He can't drive, bro. <laughs> I see on a multi-year contract like Leclerc, Verstappen, Lando. But the guy can't drive, man. The the five years or whatever it is is unjustified or three or whatever it is, but bro, the CEO of Alpine was like, "Why the hell is he our Formula One driver?" Serious? Did he say that? Alpine or Renault? I think it was Renault, like a year back or something. Before he did that, then he signed a five year contract. After the CEO of like the actual manufacturer was like, "Why the hell is he driving in our Formula One team?" I'll, I'll try link the quote to that because that's insane. I didn't know that. Um, P9, Albon, great, great job. I feel like him and Ocon, definitely the stars are like two stars of the race with George. Um, I feel like I put probably I put Ocon maybe up for like Ocon and Albon best performance above George, just for the sake of them coming from the back to points. Yeah. Um, P10, we had Stroll, great job. Fernando, uh, not exactly. His Fernando best could have done so much better. His start was really Fernando good. Fernando was playing bumper cars, man. Yeah, no, that that move wasn't on. That was stupid. I mean, there are a lot of incidents actually. If you want to mention the the incidents, there was Gasly and Norris, the obvious one that caused the uh, the big safety car. I, I think Gasly is at fault. Ooh, because he literally like Lando's just going by him. He's giving him space, giving him everything, and he just goes like, shunts in and like, bro, where are you going? Norris could have blind corner. Space a blind corner. The drivers can't see. And apparently, like, you can hear on the radio, I think he was on the radio in the corner. So yeah. I don't think he was looking in the mirror. So he didn't realize he was there. But then he just, like, Lando has given him way too much space. Like, the track's quite wide there. And he's very far away. And he's still, like, where are you going from? I think Norris could have given him a bit more room, to be honest. But he wouldn't have I been expecting like, it to touching like, the wall at that point. So I, I, I don't see that. Either way, yeah, you, it was a stupid incident either way. Like, it really shouldn't have happened, but I'm also glad it did happen because otherwise, like, the race would have been extremely dead. Like, I'm pretty sure all the celebrities just 
Primal. What the hell are we here about? Yeah, they were definitely. I guess the spectre. They're there for the spectacle as well, like the, um, like the the pre-race stuff. The race not necessarily is the most important thing, and then the what's called post-race stuff. The parties, all of that stuff. So. Yeah, and what would you say to that actually as well? Because, you know, when you think about it, going to a race. You know, it's fun. You maybe get the chance to meet the drivers. You maybe get the chance to see something interesting. But when you sit down at your seat, you watch the cars like you're watching it on TV pretty much. And then the only difference is, you know, maybe the crowd cheer a little bit. Maybe you see, but you see the cars go past you, what, 57 times in this race because there were 57 laps. How do you make it more exciting? Yeah, like, yeah what, because what of the formation do? lap. Oh, nice. Yeah, we do love a formation lap. I think I heard that the crowd were like cheering as if the race had started just for the formation lap. So, yeah, so America, the, the race hadn't started. Like, Why are they going so slow? I thought Formula One was quicker. <laughs> but I was going to get a lot of hate for that. Bro, I could say yeah. so much more. I could say so much more. I actually can't. But, like, like what would you do to make it interesting? Because people, like, they complain about. F1 having big events and concerts and bringing celebrities, but like, if you're not doing that stuff to make the entire race weekend a big event, then you're just coming for the race. And if you just come for the race, like I haven't been to one, so I don't know what else you're doing, but if you're just walking up to your seat, sitting down and watching it, it's not the same. Like you could go to a football match, walk up to your seat, sit down, watch the 90 minutes and leave. But if you do that in F1, I can't see it. It's because you're not seeing all the action, you're only seeing exactly. part of the track. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, I don't know. What do you do? What would you do if you're, uh, what's his name? I Stephanie. feel like they have to have all the entertainment to make it worth the ticket. Because the ticket is expensive, isn't it? It's not a cheap ticket. Yeah. So you have to do it to keep it interesting. It's also a way of kind of marking out different tracks. So, like, say, but W have these, these type of events. Silverstone have these type of events. That sort of stuff. But... Yeah, I feel like the celebrities and all of that adds to because everyone has this kind of mental image of Formula One. If you don't have the celebrities, the parties, all of that, it doesn't. It's not exactly Formula One, you know. It's not just about the the cars. Yeah, it's also about, then, like, it's fast cars and glamour and all of that, isn't it? If you want all the events and stuff, then surely it would need to be in a city for it to work. So you'd need street races. Or could you yeah i feel like formula one now is moving towards more street races because it's more accessible for people to go and like i feel like there will still be like you know how they're saying they'll get rid of big races i feel like the big big races will stay in the case of like the um, middle eastern races i don't think they'll go anywhere purely because of the money they have to be honest yeah um big european races so we're talking monaco silverstone monza spa i think they remain but i think everyone else is kind of on the chopping board for them to like if they move like say from silverstone i think you still get a british gp i just i think it'll be like say a london gp they would ask which i think is going to be dead <laughs> maybe they do that eventually but the thing is luckily these tracks because they have so much pull it doesn't matter. Even if Silverstone was in Scotland, I feel like they could get away with it because people would still go to Scotland to watch Silverstone. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm saying like these few races will remain yeah. because of historical kind of stuff. So you, these were these are the typical kind of circuit type, like like an actual yeah. circuit that they'll go to, which is the big European ones. Then everyone else, they'll actually remove them and have street races. But to be honest, you know how... You know how they have three races in the US? I don't mind, you know, like when I look at it now, like Miami for, for it being very boring and stuff was still interesting. I feel like that that is kind of more Formula One than Austin ever was. I see that, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was way more interesting than Austin. Like, I feel like Austin is very boring. Like, I, feel like... I love the track Austin, though. Like, the Austin track is so much better than that. Yeah, it's way better. It's not exactly the best track, but it's, it's fairly interesting. But I feel like overall as a weekend, I feel like this is more interesting. Like, I feel like yeah, Las Vegas now is going to be the new Monaco. Bro, like, like Vegas... Here's is the Las thing. Vegas this year or is it next year? It's Are next you? year. It's next year. But I keep forgetting. what I want to say with that, though, is like it's another balance that F1 has to play where 
when you were saying Miami is like F1, you know, they've got the, the celebrities, the stuff going on, the glamour and all of this. The problem is you're going to price out the, the normal fans who can't go. Like if you have like, who was there? So like George Lucas, I'm pretty sure was in the Mercedes garage. Michelle Obama was there. The Williams sisters were there. Uh, Michael Jordan would have been hanging out there a little bit. David Beckham, Tom Brady, like obviously that's an area where you're going to get celebrities. But then if you have all the celebrities then in the paddock as well, then like, you know, going around the hospitality areas, then the seating areas limited. I think they didn't sell that many tickets. Obviously they sold out, but I mean, they didn't have, there were limited tickets. Obviously, that's, really any price. that's why they're limited tickets. <laughs> Makes sense. But like at that point, where do the casual fans go? Or not the casual fans, but like the fans who, who want to see the race. They're there for the cars. They're there for the drivers. They're big fans of these people. Like at that point, I understand, you know, maybe the season finale, you want a lot of normal people to be able to go to that. You know, the, the normal ones, the poor ones. But you also want celebrities there. Monaco as well. You Okay, cool. Like some fans will want to go to that. But also it's it's like a celebrity hub. You're going to want the, the famous people there. But if you bring on too many of these places and you have on like Miami and now there's, you know, Las Vegas, then you go to like, what's another like massive, I don't even know. But like, if you end up going to have a race, like, you, if like you move hard to the south of France. For that. Hmm? I think the only two, Monaco, Las Vegas and Miami that kind of qualify for that. At the moment, yeah. But if you start putting in more of these, then like, I where see, does I see what you're saying. Go? I see what you're saying. You start to lose kind of the... The car racing part of it and just the kind of celebrity part is important. Yeah, because soon enough then the tickets will be, because obviously tickets are in demand. People want to go to these races. And if you get more and more attention and more celebrities and all of this, the number of tickets they're going to be able to sell, there's a limited number of races, there's a limited number of seats. You're just going to end up upping the, uh, the price of the tickets then. And then at that point, that's even worse. Because if you're selling out your tickets in like 60 seconds, you're going to want to up the price a little bit. And if they do that to make more money, then... And they're going to do that with the way Formula One is running right now. They will do that. Yeah, definitely. See, this is why This is why last week, was it last week, I think, when we spoke, uh, I said that I'm kind of, uh, with the way Formula One is going right now, it's a bit kind of... I'm losing a bit of interest. Not losing interest in the sport, but just the way it's being run makes you yeah. kind of not want to kind of watch the sport. Am I right I I sort of see that, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's, I it's because you you feel like they're kind of they're pushing the casual fan out. Like you know how Formula One has always been like a a rich people's sport, let's say. But it's always been like are people watching it? People know it, but like a casual fan. But now I feel like it's become more and more exclusive again, and it's uh, you know like we could have gone to races and stuff, but this might, even going to the races might be a bit like harder now than it used to be. So it's yeah, like you're completely right with the word exclusive because beforehand F1 was exclusive because people, so many people had heard of it or hadn't heard of it, but they thought it was boring, so they wouldn't watch. So it was exclusive purely for the people who could sit down for a 90 minute race and watch it while everyone else thought, oh, you're just watching cars go around in circles. Now it's going the other way and being exclusive where if you don't have a lot of money and you can't afford to support these drivers, if you can't afford to buy a ticket, if you can't afford to buy a a McLaren hoodie or an Aston Martin bucket hat or whatever, then you don't deserve to be an F1 fan anymore. If you can't afford to pay like £420 a month to watch uh, F1 on Sky Sports, then... It's that expensive. I mean, 420 may not be uh, completely okay. accurate, but obviously the subscription is expensive. It's You have to pay for Sky Sports, which is already a lot, and then you have to pay on top of that. It doesn't come in the main bundle, I don't think. I think you have to pay like an extra bit to get the F1 channel specifically with your Sky Sports bundle, which at that point is it's insane. I feel like the cheapest you could get it is like £25 a month, which to purely just watch F1, which would be like at most three races in a month, probably within like a 30 day period. Yeah, that's insane. And then you, so you're right, you're just becoming more exclusive on the other side where now you can be a casual fan, you can be a diehard fan, you can be whatever you want, but you need to have money, otherwise you're not going to be able to watch it. Yeah. It's tough, man. But then, I don't know, how would you go about it? Because I was thinking about this the other day. If you're a football I feel fan... Like it has to be like, there, there has to be a group of tickets for these fans. It has to be... You want to make a lot of money, you want to 
do all of this, you know, they're supposed to be Americanized in that sense. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to take care of the casual fan because if you don't care, take care of the casual fan, people will start losing interest and and purely start watching F1 because the sports like they don't enjoy it anymore. Because you, know? you can enjoy the racing and everything. But let's be honest, you can enjoy all of that stuff. But then the people running the sport can just ruin it for you. Let, just look at football, you know, like FIFA. A lot of people, because of the issues happening with that, start watching football just purely because of that. Yeah, and actually you're right, the uh, the rich ones who we're talking about who may go to three of the races in a year, they're not going to watch it on TV. Like, you're not going to see these rich ones, you know, sitting through a boring Miami race. They're going to go away onto their yachts on fake water. Like, why would they stay and watch the entire race when it's boring? They don't care. They've literally, they they found out who Lewis Hamilton was a few years ago and they've heard these other names, but they don't know who they are. Like, they don't care about the cars. They've heard of Ferrari, that's about it. Like, there's no point staying. The only so, reason they're there is for the selfies, bro. <laughs> I feel like that's a stereotype, but it's anyway. It's probably right. You know, you know what I'd call it, yeah? It was actually the Coachella GP, like it fully was. Like, okay. if, if you know what Coachella is, if um, everyone knows what Coachella is, but, like, people don't it's go for the music. for people who don't know. Imagine, imagine, okay, so here's the difference, right? We're talking about F1 fans at F1 races going to Spa in the rain to go watch the race. Yeah, that's like Glastonbury, right? You're out there in your Wellington boots, in your awful tent, in the rain. I've never been because I don't do drugs, and obviously that's the only thing that happens at festivals. But, like, if you're there at Gl- <laughs> If you're there at Glastonbury, like, you're there for the music in it. Like, you're a music fan. You're there. You're cheering. You're, like, sat in the mud going to, like, you know, there's, like, the portable toilets and all of it. Like, it's it's awful. When you go Coachella, right, people take the pictures of their outfits. They're in their, like, fancy clothes and all of this. They probably don't even know what artists are performing. And then they'll go there for the spectacle, take a couple pictures. And then, you know, there you go. They probably don't even, like, stay in tents and that. I'm assuming they get hotels and stuff. But, like, that's that's the difference there. When we're talking about Miami GP, the Coachella GP, you go there to say you watch F1, you get a little picture on the grid, you try and, you know, like, stand next to the cars or whatever, get a picture in front of the Red Bull uh, in pole position uh, at the start of the race. And then the moment the race starts, there's no point being there anymore. You've explored the track, you've done all the hospitality stuff. You might as well just sit on your phone and post your pictures. Like, it's it's annoying, man. Like, one day we'll go to a race. I'm telling you, we'll go to a race. I don't know where. Now we won't be able to go to a race. If we what? With the way it's going right now, we won't be able to go to a race. Listen, with your massive engineering salary, I'm sure you could pay for both of us. So it's fine. I won't be able to pay for me, but pay for both of us. Uh, Yeah. Okay, let's go on to predictions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Let's do the predictions. Okay, so we'll, we'll start a fantasy team, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Yusuf is still winning. He's actually, his lead's been cut. Whoever CD is, uh, your team name is Gloves and Steering Wheel. It's close. Like, Yusuf, I don't know how comfortable you are, but the guy's gaining on you. He only gained five points from Okay, yeah, he did only gain five points. But the gap isn't as big as it used to be, which is progress, at least. Uh, I actually came first in the race week. I got 249 points. If you can beat that, then show me proof. But I got 249 points at race week, which is elite stuff. It's pushed me all the way up into sixth place. <laughs> so That's the same I'm... place you were in last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still in the midfield, but it's fine. We're, we're making progress. It's it's fine. Um, I'm, I'm still sure you were, you were in the same position last week. Listen, I came first. That's all that matters. I've, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, you didn't actually gain any positions. You're in the same position. I might be in the same position, but it's progress. I came first this race week. That's that's yeah, gaining. That's only it's one week, bro. You didn't get any. Once I get rid of the porpoising, my car's going to be so good. I will gain eight tennis per lap. So it's fine. I'm not even worried. You haven't changed your team at all, which is a cheat code i keep forgetting <laughs> it's not it's not by it's not by design i literally keep forgetting every single week i keep forgetting to change my team because i keep thinking that the qualifying is a lot later i thought this was like las vegas so i thought it was like 1 a.m i was like i'll do it tonight yeah 
I, and then I, I, I'm checking Instagram, it's like qualifying is over. It's like, what? And I refresh, I'm like, oh, well, guess I'm not changing my team this week. This is what happens, you know, when I do these fantasy things. I get very interested like the first week. Then I just keep forgetting and I only realize after, and then I just give up. This is annoying, yeah, because now I'm the, the point. If I somehow get to the point, I feel like it will get to like spa and I'll overtake you. I'll be like, yes, my like 14 Excel spreadsheets and how sweaty I was trying. And I got all of this stuff and I did the calculations and I figured out the best team. And now I'm four points ahead of you. And you'll be like, yeah, I haven't changed my team since like Bahrain. I changed it after the first race. That's it. I haven't changed it since. I, I, put Perez. I put in Perez. Perez wasn't in. It was someone's um, actually, uh, Russell. I changed Russell for Perez. I might put Russell back in, you know, he's, he's doing quite well. I got Max and Charles in mine, which is quality stuff. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, okay, so the other one, the, uh, the general race predictions, I'm not looking forward to this because I've got a bad feeling about it. So uh, what do we have? All right, so qualifying. I said Max Charles Perez. Ah, oh, you got it right. Yeah, Max Max Charles Carlos. So that's what did I say? Max Charles and Carlos, which is right. No, it was Charles Carlos Max. No, Max. No qualifying was Charles Ma Carlos. Oh, Max. I'm not looking at qualifying in it. Oh my god, I was looking at the race result. Wait, so Leclerc signs for Stappen. Yeah, no, we, we both got all of it wrong. I thought we were right. We both got it. I'm so dumb, bro. Okay, for the race, what's happening with the race? For the race, you said Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez. I put Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. You, you should have had it, so. You should have. No, would you? You copied me. You're copying me, bro. Okay, what's, here's, what's... The, here's the one, yeah. Driver of the day, I'm pretty sure it was Max Verstappen, right? Yeah. You went with Max Verstappen. I went with Lando Norris. <laughs> yes. Lando Norris, you know. And after that. And DNFs, uh, you said five, I said three. There were yes. there were five. There were actually five. Another one. Yeah, I'm reading it. There, there was Magnussen, yeah. Vettel, Gasly, Norris, and Joe. What? Oh, <laughs> so I win this week. It's 3-2 now. Oh, yes. Fine. Yes, boys. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yes. No, no. I was actually worried I was going to lose, Roy. Yes. You're worried you... <laughs> All right, 3-2. Well played. All right. Next one is Spain. So, predictions for Spain for quality. I'm going to have to go Max, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to say Max. Cause actually, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. Oh, actually, five DNFs. I thought there were two, man. Two? <laughs> ah, okay. You have been destroyed by brother. Okay, okay. Continue, continue. Horrible. Uh, Does it feel losing in F1 fantasy, losing in... I'm taking this race week. You've been destroyed, bro. You've been destroyed. Does it hurt? I'm gaining. I'm gaining. It's fine. It's the comeback story. What gaining, man? Literally, my lead on you and the fantasy is growing. It's definitely not growing. It is. I'm making it back. It's fine. Sure. If you say that. Just wait. Just you wait. Keep saying it. Just know that after like 15 races when you overtake me, I would not have changed my team. So... So all your effort is literally for nothing. Like I, I don't do anything and I'm so far ahead of you. <laughs> Lucked out on that team so hard. Right, okay, no, so what do you say? Qualifying, Barcelona. Um, Charles Carlos. Um, no, wait. Charles Max Carlos. Okay. Science. I'm gonna go with Lando Lewis <laughs> George. Ah, I wanna say Lando Lewis George. No, I'm gonna go with Max. I'm gonna back Max, then Charles, and then you know I'm gonna say Perez. 
Okay, race top three. Max, uh, Charles Perez. Like, surely something mad has to happen soon, right? <laughs> like, surely something stupid has I did, but then I'd always get it wrong when it happened. Yeah, it always brought Carlos and then Carlos wouldn't show up. <laughs> I can't, yeah, no, back in Carlos science never went well for me. I'm going to stick with, I'm going to say Max will win again. And I'm also going to say, I'm going to say Perez finishes ahead of Leclerc. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I'm just winking at the camera. Okay, one just second. I was clicking on. Uh, I'm gonna say Red Bull one two, and then uh, Leclerc. Okay. Driver of the day. MV. Okay. Uh, I I want to go different again, but I also don't. Lando, go for Lando, bro. I'm definitely I'm definitely not going Lando. But uh, or George. I wonder if the votes were close. George Lewis, is for Lewis, bro. How come you don't go for Lewis, man? I thought you were a big fan of Lewis. You should be going for Lewis, man. Why is bro, it Lewis in your top three? 12-year-olds that vote will go for Lewis. The 12-year-olds that vote definitely don't go for Lewis. Um, you're let's basically go... you're giving up on your favorite driver for them, then. Is that what loyalty is? <laughs> Why isn't it moving? DNS? Five. Five, huh? You always go so high for DNFs. Okay, no, I'd say three, three, three. Three. I don't think that'll be five this. I usually go for five just, you know, like this isn't gonna though. I don't think it'll be five this way. Three, three. I'm going for two. Okay. I was always gonna go with two. All right. You do you wanna do the outro seeing as you forgot what it was? Yeah, you did the intro. Um, Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, please follow, subscribe, like um, you'll see like the platforms are on down at the bottom somewhere. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I will see you next week.